The following audio is from North Pine Baptist Church. We trust that this recording will help you learn more about God and His message for the world. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au. Well, how good is it to know in these times especially that God is in control. Let's have a time of prayer now. So why don't you join with me as we pray. Our loving Lord Jesus, today of all days, we thank you for the sacrifice you have made for us. We cannot imagine what you went through. Lord Jesus, that you would give up your place in heaven to come down and join us in our mess. That you would live a perfect life suffer for us and die on a cross. Lord Jesus, we cannot know what you have gone through, but we thank you that you have done it for us. And we thank you that we can pray to you now, the living God, the God who has control over all things. And because of that, we bring our needs before you, Lord, We acknowledge that we mess up. We acknowledge that we are not perfect. But we give you praise that we don't have to be because you are. We bring before you our needs for forgiveness. In so many areas of life, we fall short over and over again. Father, we ask that through your spirit, you will strengthen us. Strengthen our faith so that we may trust you in the toughest of times. Strengthen our faith so that we might trust you in the best of times. For it is you who we depend on in all things. Father, we pray that as your word goes out today, that the spotlight might be on our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, as we come to your word, we pray that his voice is the one that we hear. We pray that your spirit will be working in a powerful way throughout this suburb, this state, this country, and throughout the world. We pray that you will call many to yourself. Lord, help me as I, as I bring the message, as I read the Bible. Lord, put the words in my mouth and open ears to hear what you would have to say. For the glory of Christ alone we pray. Amen. Our Bible reading for today comes from Exodus chapter 12. So if you have a Bible, please open there for me. We're going to focus just on a couple of sections. We're going to read the first 13 verses, and then we're going to read from verse 29 through to 32. So if you've got your Bibles on whatever form that is, please open with me to Exodus chapter 12, and we'll start from verse 1. This is the word of the Lord. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be for you the beginning of months. 
It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbour shall take according to the number of persons, according to what each can eat, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of this month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on the fire, with unleavened bread and bitter herbs they shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted, its head with its legs and its inner parts. And you shall let none of it remain until morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. In this manner you shall eat it, with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And on all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Verse 29. At midnight, the Lord struck down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of the livestock. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where someone was not dead. Then he summoned Moses and Aaron by night and said, Up, go out from among my people, both you and, your, and the people of Israel, and go serve the Lord as you have said. Take your flocks and your herds as you have said, and be gone and bless me also. Let me start by asking you a question. In fact, I'm going to finish with the same question. Are you safe? Here in sunny Queensland, we're quite familiar with the dangers posed by bushfires, cyclones and floods. And we've done our best to make ourselves safe when these disasters come upon us. We've adjusted where we live. We've changed the way we build our houses so that we might remain safe. Throughout the plagues of Exodus 7 through to 11, we notice that the Israelites are largely kept from the disasters that are falling upon Egypt. They don't have to worry about a disaster coming upon them. The final plague will be different though. 
For in it, God does not send a natural element to bring judgment upon Egypt. In this plague, in the plague of the firstborn, God himself comes to judge. And because God is coming to judge, the issue for the Israelites is no longer how they can be kept safe from Pharaoh, but how they can be kept safe from God's judgment. And this is the issue facing us today in 2020. When God comes to judge, how can we be kept safe? The solution for the Israelites in Exodus and the solution for us is the same. It's in the substitutionary sacrifice. It's through the Passover lamb. From our reading, we notice a few things about what qualifies an animal to be the Passover lamb. It can be either a sheep or a goat, but it can only be a sheep or a goat. It must be one year old, a male without blemish. It's in the prime of its life. We notice that it is selected on the 10th day of the month and kept with the family until the 14th day of the month. No doubt this is a special time where the family probably starts building a relationship with the lamb. No doubt they start to form a bond and they might even see the lamb as as part of the family. They might start to identify with the lamb. And this Passover lamb is going to fulfill two purposes for the Israelites. Its blood will save them and its body will sustain them. Look with me at verses 7, 12 and 13 of Exodus 12. Here we see that the blood saves. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night and I will strike the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And on all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. Verse 13, this is the important one. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So we need to be clear that it's the blood of the lamb that saves in Egypt. It seems crazy, right, that you would trust in blood of an animal to keep you safe, to keep you safe from death. Under lockdown in their houses, the Israelites can contribute nothing to their salvation. It is all on the blood. One Bible teacher in the UK, Glenn Scrivener, illustrates this point by imagining three Israelite houses on the night of the Passover. House A is a very religious house. They know all the stories about their ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They're always praying, always helping out, always doing good stuff in their community. 
they hear about the Passover. And whilst they're sure that if God would uh, poke his head through their door, he would pass over them anyway. If he knew how good they really were, they wouldn't have to worry. But thankfully, Moses is able to convince them. And so they kill the lamb and apply the blood. House B is not like House A. House B are known for their parties and wild living. They drink too much, eat too much, sleep too much, and take what doesn't belong to them. They too hear of the Passover, and they're pretty sure that if God was to poke his head through their door, they would have it in the eye in no time. But in, in spite of this, they take the blood. They kill the lamb and apply the blood. House C is not as good as house A and nowhere near as bad as house B. Those in house C are very nervous though. They're just not sure if the blood will save them. They call the people in house A and say, we've killed the lamb and applied the blood. But we're just not sure how that's going to bring us salvation. Now, the next morning, which house loses their firstborn? House A, B, or C? Well, none of them do. See, it doesn't matter what's going on inside the house. If the blood is applied, the occupants are safe. It doesn't depend on religious practice, moral standard, or an unflinching faith. If the blood of the lamb is applied to our lives, we are safe. So often our selfishness drives us to trust in something within ourselves to save us. We all want to bring something to the table, don't we? We want our good deeds, our good religion, and our good faith to count for something. But friends, it won't. Salvation needs to come from outside of us. It can't come from within. Our life neither qualifies us nor disqualifies us from salvation. The blood of the lamb does that. All who shelter under the blood of the lamb are safe. Those who do not are not. But the Passover doesn't just speak about the blood of the sacrifice. The Lord says heaps to us about the eating of the sacrifice as well. And this is because where the blood saves, the body sustains. Look with me at Exodus chapter 12, verses 8 to 11. It says, They shall eat the flesh that night roasted on the fire. With unleavened bread and bitter herbs they shall eat it. Do not, let, do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted its head with its legs and its inner parts. And you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. In this manner you shall eat it, with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. 
See, the Israelites are not to be saved to stay in the land of slavery. They are going somewhere and they will need sustenance for the journey. The body is the sacrifice to sustain them. And we see this in what they eat. It's a very symbolic meal that they are having. They will eat the body of the sacrificed lamb, but only after it has been roasted on the fire. The lamb will be completely intact and completely consumed with side dishes of unleavened bread and bitter herbs. This meal will remind them of the sufficiency of the lamb as their substitute sacrifice. It will remind them of the bitterness of their slavery and the swiftness of their departure. Life for those who have sheltered under the blood of the lamb will never be the same again. Their life will now be the life of a sojourner, of one who is journeying towards the promised paradise. Strengthened by the Lamb, they are equipped by the Lamb, and they are called to live a new life of daily dependence on God. When the call comes to leave, the Israelites need to be ready, dressed to go. It reminds me of the kid who's really eager for their first game of sport, or maybe they're really eager for their first day of school. What do they do? Well, they sleep in their uniform the night before, don't they? They've got their boots on, their shin pads on, their, their uniform and jersey all ready. So when the morning comes, there's nothing left to prepare. When the call comes, they're ready to go. Judgment was coming. And the Israelites could not put off their preparations, and neither can we. They were saved to leave the life of slavery, and so are we. Judgment is coming for us too, friends. The Bible tells us that God will come again to judge. And this judgment will be for all of humanity, the living and the dead. When God comes to judge, we need to be ready. But what can keep us safe from his judgment? We too need a Passover lamb. And praise God, he has given us one. Our lamb is Jesus. When John the Baptist saw Jesus coming towards him, he said, look, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus is the only one qualified as a Passover lamb. Through his life lived here on the earth, he proves that he is the only qualified one. He is the lamb of God who is without blemish. And he has come to be with us so that we can identify with him. Jesus gave his blood to save us and his body to sustain us. And Jesus himself celebrated a very symbolic meal with his followers. In Luke 22, he, he eats the last supper with his disciples. 
and he says this. He took the bread, he gave thanks, and he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples. And he says, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Friends, we all find ourselves staring down the barrel of God's judgment. But Jesus has come and given himself as the Passover lamb, not just for his disciples, but then, but for us as well. 2,000 uh, uh, years ago, our Passover lamb was killed. Let me read from the Apostle John's account in John chapter 19. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished, and so the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, he said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now, it was the day of preparation and the next day was to be a special Sabbath because the Jewish leaders did not want the bodies left on the crosses during the Sabbath. They asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down. The soldiers, therefore, came and broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified with Jesus, and then those of the other. But when they came to Jesus and found that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. Friends, our Passover lamb has had his blood spilled. And it is only under the shelter of Jesus' blood that we are safe from God's judgment. We will not be safe if we try to shelter under general ignorance. Lord, I, I didn't know what was required. I didn't know about Jesus. We will not be safe if we try to shelter under religious observance. We will not be safe if we try to shelter under moral goodness. There is no other shelter that is safe, only Jesus' blood. And those he saves, he also sustains. Jesus provides all we need for life as his followers. When we are saved by Jesus, we too will begin the life of a sojourner as ones journeying towards a promised paradise. And as we journey, Jesus is the one who we will rely on for our strength. We will not return to our religious observance. We will not turn to seeking moral standard of goodness as our shelter we will continue to lie on him. Where do you sit today? Are you safe? 
Jesus offers his life for you. His blood has been shed, but has it been applied to your life? Friends, there is nothing that can qualify you to be worthy of his blood, and there is nothing that can disqualify you from being worthy. If you seek the blood of the lamb as shelter, you will find it. There are three things I'd like to leave with you today. If you have not yet sought safety under the blood of Jesus, I'd suggest there are three things you can do. The first thing you might like to do is to ask. You might like to ask your parents or a friend who you know who loves Jesus. Maybe you could ask them what it's like to shelter under the blood. Ask them what it's like to live in this world as a follower of Jesus. Ask them how you might make that step yourself. Friends, maybe you could pray. Just something in your own words. There's no special formula. You could pray now and ask Jesus to keep you safe. And friends, if you do that, can I plead with you to tell someone about it? Tell someone about what you have done. Tell someone about the commitment you have made to Jesus of trusting in him to keep you safe. If you don't have anyone in your life who you could do any of these three things with, I'd be happy to help. You can get in contact with me through the church website. I'd love to help you with any of these. Friends, the only place that is safe is under the blood of the Lamb. Are you safe? Let me pray. Our loving Father in heaven, we thank you that today of all days we can gather wherever we are. That we can quiet ourselves and we can focus on you. Lord Jesus, we cannot pay the debt that we owe and you do not ask that of us. We thank you that you have come, that you have lay on this cross, open up your arms. That you have sacrificed your life so that we might be counted with you, that we might be safe. Lord Jesus, I pray if there are people out there who you are speaking to, that they might not let this opportunity go without doing something about it. We know you are coming to judge, but we do not know when. Father, I pray that we might know the urgency of your plea, that we might know the grace of your offer, and we might know the salvation found in Jesus. For his glory we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this audio from North Pine Baptist Church. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au.